Hello everyone, and welcome to Reading with Christine Figs. I'm your host, Christine, and I am so happy you are here with me today. Today we will be discussing the American Queen Trilogy by Sierra Simone. But first, a few guide rules with this one, because this story is different from what I've shared before, and as always, consent is key. So, I want to make sure you all know what you're getting yourself into before we continue. And if you decide that this isn't the episode for you, don't worry, skip this one and we'll reconnect for the next one. The American Queen trilogy is an erotic series that pushes the envelope in many ways, which brings me to content warnings. If you don't know what a content warning is, first, let's discuss that. It is a disclaimer stating that what could potentially harm or traumatize you. So if you're about to read a book that discusses or has a plot surrounding a mass shooting or a sexual assault, but that is something you would not enjoy or know it will trigger you, then reading the content warning will let you know to avoid that book. Many people advocate strongly for content warnings because we all know the storylines we prefer to avoid for all sorts of reasons. And if you know that before starting the story, then you can avoid an uncomfortable experience or at the very least, a waste of your time. Content warnings for all books are just a quick internet search away, although many people recommend the website and app, The Storygraph. It's like a Goodreads, but for the world of books, it claims it's definitely better. Okay, that is officially your content warning. These books are sexually graphic in nature, so if that's not your jam, we'll see you next week, where we discuss my current read, Atomic Habits, An Easy and Proven Way to Build Good Habits and Break Bad Ones, by James Clear. All right, if you've stuck around so far, then hello, my frisky party people, and let's dig into the description of the first book in this trilogy, American Queen. It starts with a stolen kiss under an English sky, and it ends with a walk down the aisle. It starts with the president sending his best friend to woo me on his behalf, and it ends with my heart split in two. It starts with buried secrets and dangerous desires, and ends with the three of us bound together with a hateful love sharper than any barbed wire. My name is Greer Galloway, and I serve at the pleasure of the President of the United States. This is the story of an American queen. Okay. From the very first pages, this book hooked me in and it did not let me go. I found myself talking about it with all of my girlfriends, almost imploring them to read it. The first book starts with a young Greer Galloway. After a tragic accident that kills both of her parents, she moves in with her loving grandfather, who just so happens to be a former vice president. As his world is still wrapped up in politics, very quickly so does Greer's, and without truly realizing what's happening, She becomes almost a bit of a spy for her grandfather during political events because, as she says very early on in the story, people drop their masks around children. But what happens is Greer becomes an intelligent woman, keen on the behaviors of humans, with a deep compassion, I'm sorry, with a deep passion for history and American politics. She knows how the inner workings, excuse me, of the government perform because she was brought up in it, but at the same time, she wants nothing to do with it. So when one day she meets a beautiful, charming, older guy, and they share a kiss, no one could have predicted that she was kissing one day future president, Maxon Ashley Colchester, and Greer could have never predicted the fire that would wake up in her from that kiss. American Queen is from Greer's perspective, which I greatly appreciated because she is the one who has the most to explore about herself and her sexuality. Throughout the course of this first book, you watch Greer blossom, for lack of a better word, into the woman that she becomes. From that first kiss, she knows she wants something different than what she's read in books, but she's still trying to understand it. Early on, she says, I don't want boring, common ways of being bad. 
I want ways that rattle me to my bones, that send me to my knees in repentance. I want to be the kind of dad that leaves me wrung out with bite marks booming purple on my body. I want to go to the brink of not knowing myself. I want someone to take me there and hold me by the neck and make me stare at an entire reckless realm of possibility. What's the point of sex if you don't feel like every dark crevice of your soul has been exposed to the light? If someone doesn't take your lust and your shameful thoughts and twist them into a spell that leaves you panting like a dog for more. I think I want that for myself. I want a normal life too. I want an education and career and my own house and to make all of my own decisions. But whenever I think about sex, about what sex would be like when I'm older, I don't ever imagine the Titanic hand hitting the window thing. I want to feel like my veins are being sliced open by the sheer desire of someone powerful. I want to be handled and cherished and used and worshiped. I want a man or woman to claim me as their equal partner in every way until we're alone. And then I want to crawl to them. She ends this statement with, I can have that someday, right? She knows what she wants. She just hasn't seen it before, but she's brave enough to ask the questions throughout this entire book. Can I have the type of relationship and sexual experiences I have always wanted, but society deems as improper? Is that possible? And if so, who can I trust to give that to me? And do I trust myself to advocate on my behalf? This is perfectly clear. When later on in the story, Greer says, I search his face and find no trace of irritation or answer. And I know that he's giving me the option to end things right now. No questions asked, no wounded feelings or resentment. He's trusting me, trusting me to vocalize my needs, to advocate for my boundaries. And that's the heart of this, isn't it? I trust him with control and he trusts me with my voice. I trust him to stop when I ask him to stop and he trusts me to say stop before I'm hurt. His control means nothing without my consent. My consent is meaningless if I don't trust the man I'm giving it to. This is the perfect picture of the BDSM relationship Greer finds herself in. It's with the trust they have in each other that they can embark on a sexual relationship they both feel satisfied with. And that as well shows in their romantic relationship. From the first chapter, you know how this story ends, literally as it says in the description, with a walk down the aisle. But this story is so much more than that. Greer finds love, and I'm sure you've already guessed, it's with Mr. President Max and Ashley Colchester. But what she doesn't expect is to find love with his vice president, Emery Moore, as well, who, let's just say, has more than just a professional relationship with the president, which then brings on the conversation of polyamory. At one point, Greer even asks, can a happy ending even consist of three people? I've never seen it before. But for every up, there is inevitably a down because being in love with two men isn't always easy. Add in the politics of the world and a government to run, and you're inevitably going to make some enemies, which is where book two, American Prince, continues on with the story, from mainly Embry's point of view. The description of that book goes like this. I've been many things. I've been a son and a stepbrother, an army captain and a vice president, but only with him am I a prince, his little prince. Only with Maxon and Greer does my world make sense. Only between them can I find peace from the demons that haunt me. But men like me aren't made to be happy. We don't deserve it. And I should have known a love as sharp as ours could cut both ways. My name is Embry Moore, and I serve with the pleasure of the President of the United States. For now, this is the story of an American prince. Ooh, let me tell you something. This book kept me on my toes. After a specific storyline ended, I wondered where Sierra Simone would next take the story. But I should have known. I should have trusted that she would give me exactly what I wanted. 
more plot twists, more backstabbing, and of course, more love. While reading this book, I was on vacation with my best friend, and we were both in bed reading our books when I reached the big plot twist in this story. I shot out of bed and paced for the next 15 minutes, screaming out loud about where I could see the story was headed, how angry I was that I didn't see it coming, and how brilliant Sierra Simone was for her storytelling. I put the book in a timeout, as I call it, (laughs) while my heart eventually stopped racing, with my best friend laughing at me the entire time, listening to my rant, responding with, I have never seen you like this. Inevitably, the timeout didn't last very long, and I was picking up the book again, and I will say, The last scene of this book is one that I read three times and can picture it so clearly that I've replayed it in my head many times since finishing it. I can, even as I speak right now, just picture it so clearly. This book was amazing, which is funny because I have noticed that with trilogies, the second book is almost always my favorite. However, this book is one you must look at the trigger content warnings because in my opinion, Sierra Simone pushed the boundaries on sexual topics the most with this one. She addresses sexual assault, consent, non-consent sexual play, and the reclaiming of one's sexuality when it is is attempted to be taken away. I found it to be profound and loved how she navigated such typically taboo topics and found myself relating to many of the characters. Lastly, we find ourselves at the third and final book of this trilogy, American King. The description goes like this. They say that every tragic hero has a fatal flaw, a secret sin, a tiny stitch sewn into his future since birth. And here I am. My sins are no longer secret. My flaws have never been more fatal. And I've never been closer to tragedy than I am now. I am a man who loves. A man whose love demands much in return. I am a king. A king who was foolish enough to build a kingdom on the bones of the past. I am a husband and a lover and a soldier and a father and a president. And I will survive this. Long live the king. The third and final book mainly takes place from the perspective of Maxon, and you finally get a peek into the man at the center of it all. You finally understand his inner thoughts, his fears, and just how deep his love goes. As with book two, American Prince, I can't tell you too much without giving away the story. However, what I can say is this book broke my heart in the best way and then beautifully put it back together. I read it while on a plane to a girls weekend and cried, borderline sobbed, while sitting in my seat. Sierra Simone gave us another plot twist that, again, I never saw coming and made me put the book in another timeout, but this time because of the heartbreak I felt. And again, I should have trusted her because because towards the end of the book, I was flying through the pages with my heart racing, wondering how the story would end. And again, I should have known. (laughs) It ended with me smiling from ear to ear and tears running down my cheeks. I loved every minute of this trilogy. I love how it challenged my sexual beliefs and opened my eyes to experiences I hope to one day now have. I also loved how much it explained so many different types of sexual experiences and relationships without any shame at all, something I wish wish our society did more of, and something I try to advocate for with everyone I love. Reading this book book (laughs) felt like a breath of fresh air, where I found myself thinking throughout it, wow, she really went there, in reference to Sierra Simone's writing. I will absolutely be buying the rest of her books, and I am sure enjoying every single one of them. If you have any interest in enjoying this spicy storyline, I have added it to my online shop, Reading with Christine Figs, through bookshop.org. The link, as always, is in my bio. 
And if you decide to read it, I would love to know what you think of it. Remember, you can always find me on Instagram at Christine Figs, or you can email me at readingwithchristinefigs at gmail.com. All right, my loves, that's all for now. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and you stay tuned for the next one where I talk about my most recent read, Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear. So until next time, I hope you read. And if you can't, because that's just how life goes sometimes, I hope you enjoy some art in whatever form you find it. Because when life gets difficult, it is art in all of its many forms that can hold us, heal us, and give us hope. I love you all. Happy reading.